Hello, Sacred Artist Podcast listeners. This is your host, Kendall, and I'm so excited you have joined me for this one because I get to introduce to you a powerful woman of God who is an entrepreneur, the founder and director of Reading City Dance Company, which recently headlined at the Cascade Theater, the show You and Me, Us. In this show, they embodied the Enneagram tool as a source of healing and inspiration to the local community. And not only is she a director, she's also a holy yoga instructor, creating a space for people to embody movement as an expression. Her name is Whitney Hancock, and in this episode, we go after some real, raw truth and incredible testimonies. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Let's expand on Reading City Dance Company. Mm -hmm. So, you started that. Tell us about you pioneering and uh, what it took for you to navigate that space and rising as an entrepreneur in Reading. Yeah. Okay. Such a journey for sure. I never thought, okay, I am this girl that wants to be a business owner someday and like be a boss lady. I've just, my mentality at the root of everything that I've done for the longest time has been like, can't wait to change the world, can't wait to see hearts transformed, can't wait to see dancers come alive and not be either living in body shame, self-hatred, competition, way super low self-esteem, like I hate all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So my goals were really just to start a community um, and see where it went from there. Um, And then, then I realized I was a small business owner and then it was growing and then I was like, oh my goodness help you know so um I've learned a lot very firsthand by kind of honestly just jumping in you know without very much um just mentorship or guidance um necessarily because this is a really unique path of um kind of doing dance that's really oriented around um connection with each other and teamwork instead of um yeah and outreach as well instead of just being the best dancer and beating everyone and being, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a totally different kind of core value or set of core values that we're, we're working with. So Mm -hmm. it's been good. It's just been a total learning journey. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been so honored to be part of this company guys as a trainee stepping into essentially an answer to prayer. I love, I didn't realize that it really started from a heart of community and so I just love how God bridged the gap and being like, hey, you're a business owner, but first and foremost, the heart of community. So can you expand a little bit about what community has meant mm-hmm. to you in the last six years? It's evolved, I'm sure. But um, and why for the sacred artist, it's important to have. OK, sure. Um, I think that you hear that phrase a lot. You can go um, really fast alone, but you can go a lot farther together. And that's just, that was like, amen, we're going to do that. Like, we're never going to go. I never had the desire as a dancer to just go be alone in L.A., alone in New York, and just kind of, and I think there is a total place for that. Mm -hmm. But that was not the desire of Whitney. At a young age, I always wanted to be the storyteller. I wanted to, like, create the things so that, that from beginning to end, it has its atmosphere. It has its story. It has from beginning to end, 
some level of either transformation that's accessible to the audience or the dancers or redemption um, instead of maybe me just going out there and being someone's puppet, which I think if you know who you are mm-hmm. and your identity is super strong, that's not the case, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of us as, as young artists are super growing in that area and maybe don't know how to go be powerful in LA on our own because the culture is kind of dominating and it's, you got to know who you are and know what you want and what you don't want. Um, so I would say it started as a desire to see what we could do together mm-hmm. because I really believe in kind of the um, the power of like multiple coals together creating a much bigger fire than one alone, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and I would say that especially this year watching, this has been our best year yet in my opinion. I mean, we've had incredible years where we're just blown away every single time. Every single time we step out, we do a show, we go travel together, do ministry or something like that. We watch God just do things we definitely didn't even realize he could do. You know, he's always surprising us. But um, with our show this year, we were doing it all around the Enneagram, which we can totally talk about because I'm such a geek around it. Um, I would say I watched really all of our talents come together in a way that really blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, co-choreographing and directing with Nathan and Jedi and just mm-hmm. the talents of like Lisa, everybody, and then all the dancers coming together and just pushing hard. Mm-hmm. You watched something unfold on that stage. And I, I mean, the audience could feel it. We've been hearing them talk about it for months now. I can't wait for the live stream to be out online mm-hmm. so people can watch it from wherever in the world as well. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that I mean, you could feel the transformation. Everyone was just, their hearts are getting unlocked. And that was definitely due to the power of many rather than one, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe in that for all of us, um, that it's it really should not be a lonely journey. And it should not be something that we do. Uh, yeah, just good luck. Figure it out on your own, you know? No, mm-hmm. that's not the family of God. Right. So what would you say in response to, for example, an artist who is a Christian that is looking for that community who maybe has, you know, has that dream to be a, become a professional dancer. What would you say to them when they're really wanting a community like that and they might not have a Reading City Dance Company? Sure. You know, what, what was the heart switch for you, I guess, in going after that, having the courage to start something mm-hmm. new for mm-hmm. people? That's good. Wow, that's a great question. Where did I get the courage to start something on my own? Is that mm-hmm. kind of what you mean? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> Let me think about that. We're getting real on this podcast, people. <laughs> uh, it's a really good question. I mean, it's terrifying. You know, like it's it's so easy to look at somebody from the outside and go, they did that and they knew what they were doing the whole time. And it was all sparkles and rainbows. Um, but. Uh, the courage to do it on my own. I think, honestly, um, I can't, I, this sounds so cheesy and it's so true though. Like it's being a daughter. So it's just like having the revelation that I'm, you know, along with everyone else, I'm daddy's favorite and he's gonna, if I lean on him, he's totally going to show up. So it's, I was an only child too, so maybe maybe there's a little something there where I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever, like I can't really make a mistake, but I think that's accessible and true for everyone. Um, I want to go back to though, um, like, a perf- like a woman or a man who's ready to go out in the world and be a performer. That is a, that's a unique call 
um, being a choreographer is somewhere where I'm, I'm a gatherer and I bring people together. So I'm a director, right? But a performer is kind of on their own in a sense, because that path is, um, it's auditions and it's, um, it's, you're a little bit subject to, to, to work, um, that is kind of chosen for you. And, um, I would say if I was in that place and I wanted to be a performer, I think that's an incredible dream and call. And so for that person, for the individual, and maybe this, you know, crosses genres for sure. Um, I would just recommend grabbing people either online um, or via like a text message group or something that feels um, fulfilling for you where you are actually letting people into your needs and your processes and your weaknesses um, on a regular basis, daily, weekly kind of thing. Because getting out there alone is is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we really underestimate the power sometimes of um, vulnerability and letting people in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's amazing what happens when we just share what's going on and we allow people, like the God in people, Holy Spirit, to actually provide and fill those needs. I really believe, you know, I actually, ble- it blew my mind. I read the, the book that was all of the testimonies from John G. Lake's life. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a sermon about, um, or, you know, spoke a sermon about how Jesus is actually the head of the church, he's actually the head. And so the head like is reliant upon the body to actually take Mm -hmm. it places Mm -hmm. and do the things that the head is thinking and dreaming. Mm -hmm. And we are truly an actual body. So if we are disconnected, we are literally fruitless and powerless. Mm -hmm. Um, So even if you are an individual solo performer and that's kind of your trek and your journey, grab people, connect, and whether that's prayer, um, texting, calling, voicemails, Marco Polos, whatever it is for you, yeah. do it. Like, do not be the the the, I, the strong lone wolf that just feels like you have to b- bear the burden of this call. You know, mm-hmm. you're not alone. You actually are not alone. It's a super lie that you're alone. People are moving in this industry. People are doing this thing, and they have parts and pieces that you're missing, and you have pieces that they're missing so that's my advice for for someone like that um yeah if I could share like a testimony on that I just go um I look at I look at like my gift um for people and I love people like I I just (laughs) uh it comes really naturally to to gather to um to dream kind of be the visionary the one that's seeing like a big picture my cohort Lisa um she is intensely gifted on executing details and Mm -hmm. administration Mm -hmm. and if we weren't doing this thing together this thing would not be a thing you know what I'm saying so um that's that's just a practical like giftings match where I'm like hey it's great that you know I'm gonna let you do that because you're awesome at that and it gives you life as well and you're gonna let me do this and guess what we're gonna do much more than we can we can do by ourselves. You know, if I'm just trying to be strong in all of my weaknesses, I'm spending a lot of time and energy, um, trying to be those other organs in the body when I'm actually, you know, a kidney, you know what I'm saying? So, So yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And while you were talking, I was the word celebration, as you were talking about celebrating each element of the body comparison come up, came up. So, 
in the element of, you know, an artist, you know, trying to celebrate, what would you tell to someone that may be dealing with comparison in an audition space or in a classroom? Because I know as a trainee, I have been so celebrated by you and, and Lisa and all, all the fellow dancers, which has been, I would say, uh, very different from how I grew up in dance, where the audition space was um, competitive and you didn't always celebrate one another. So what would you share with that person who is really dealing with competition within themselves or in that space? Yeah, totally. So good. Um, Sometimes I take for granted the years that were really hard for me where um, I was surrounded by that competitive environment, having studied dance as my major and those are those formative years, where you're, you know, young, uh, young twenties, late teens, where um, if I hadn't really met Jesus in college, uh, I, I don't know what you know where I'd be right now, because I had to go into the studio space and go, this is for no one else but me and God. This is really for God, mm-hmm. and I um, just became really comfortable in the headspace of worship as a uh, normal, this is my inhale and my exhale. I'm mm. worshiping by dancing. Right. So I'm not serving my choreographer. I'm not serving the teacher. I'm not looking for their approval. Mm. I'm not trying to be better than anyone else in here because if I actually am receiving the, the delight and pleasure of my dad, Papa mm. God, then he I trust that his path for me is taking me and opening the doors that are exact for me, that are the right ones for me. Um, I don't have to manipulate my way into anything, and I don't want to. And there's a, um, there's a, I mean, just on that thought, I'm going, it's, that's kind of, at the end of the day, it's kind of prostituting yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Buy me, please, someone, and we're not orphans. So I don't need that. Like, I don't. And is God big enough? Is he the dreamer of all of this in the first place? Is the is he the creator of every dance company, every um, every company on planet Earth? Is he? Yes, he is. Yeah. So is he going to get me where I want to go, where he wants me to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Um, probably much better than, than what I'm looking at right in front of me that looks like the only option. And if I don't get their approval, then I'm screwed, you know? No, uh, there's so many endless options in the kingdom of heaven, you know what I'm saying? And on earth. Um, favor is a real thing. And when we just walk in integrity and we trust and we don't manipulate and, and uh, there's there's a level of, of confidence that is is confident to go like, I'm amazing, right? There is it's confidence, Absolutely. it's not arrogance. Mm-hmm. That that's like, look, look, I'm a I'm in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Enjoy him. Mm-hmm. We are beautiful, you know? Uh-huh. But it's also not from, it's definitely not from that place of please approve of me. Mm-hmm. Please look at how beautiful I'm working so hard for you. It's mm-hmm. like, nah, whether you like this or not, I am incredible because he made me and I look like him and we are in partnership right now. Mm-hmm. So Amen. we are so good. You yeah. know what I mean? So I would say comparison really uh, flees. It leaves the room when you are actually fixed on being delighted in and delighting your father. Um, mm-hmm. And doing it from a place of, like I said, sonship, Romans 8, that whole thing. That is amazing. I'm like gleaning from all this wisdom, guys. I'm over here with my jaw dropped for a reason. (laughs) Oh, that's so amazing. In a short, you know, in the kingdom, we are called to be leaders, but also to follow. 
what would you say to the artist that maybe lives in that place of what does that really mean um, as stepping into, for example, if you're an artist wanting to perform, leading in that space, but also following, what does that look like for you to navigate both of those roles? I think um, following looks like honor probably the most. So even if you're in, um, say, a professional sphere and it's totally... Um, it's totally for entertainment or it's for commercialism, whatever it is, um, or you're in a you know very classical um, kind of performance setting. Either way, um, honoring the people who are leading looks like caring about the image of God in them mm-hmm. and seeing it, regardless of whether they see it or not. Um, truly, I, I 100% believe that every single human is carrying bits of DNA that, that God is excited about activating and letting them know um, is actually originally from him and that they look like him. That was the original thing in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the accusation that, oh, you're not like God, you need to eat this apple so mm-hmm. that you can know more. And it's like, we're actually literally one with him. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we just simply believe that by faith. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, be, I believe people that are operating in like the world, if you will, want to call it that, um, that don't maybe like walk in integrity yet or they're not believers yet, whatever in your in your mind, they're so worthy of honor and respect because they have a journey with God, whether they know it or not. And their hearts are so hungry to um, to be to be whole and to be free, whether they know how to yet. And I believe as we follow them well, we're actually leading them as well mm-hmm. uh, to um to just the father who's unconditionally loving them at all times. So I don't know if that's kind of what you're asking, but I'm thinking like Mm -hmm. when you want to lead, it's also kind of a follow. Like Mm -hmm. in my opinion, like leading really looks like, yes, I see where we're going and I'm also sensitive to Holy Spirit and following Holy Spirit in in my flock as I'm leading and, and or so shepherding a flock Um, and I'm leading from the room, I'm responsible to be sensitive to how God is loving these people. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, not going to be a bottom line at the end of the day. I'm going to be heart and soul and eternity at the end of the day. Those are going to be my core motivations. How how am I, as the leader, ushering these people further into their God-designed destiny and their highest place and their strongest place? Um, and that's a serious journey <laughs> yeah. because you have to sometimes really get out of the way as the leader and go fly. Mm-hmm. Hey, go, go fly. Like, and, and me stepping out of the way multiple times and going, hey, I'm going to put this person above me because I see that this is a moment for them to shine. This is a moment for that person to shine. That's been a fun journey and it's really rewarding, mm-hmm. but it's hard sometimes. And you have to kind of take a deep gulp mm-hmm. and go, okay, I love you, God. You love me and you are big enough for me and my calling. I don't have to prove and push my way, you know, into spotlight. That's not, mm-mm. we got a lot of rewards in heaven. <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, I just love your heart. I could listen to you forever <laughs> because you carry such a, a mother's heart, I think, with with leading other people to that place of like, what is that? 
look like. And I feel like you have exemplified that um, in calling all of us as trainees. And not only that, um, you know, the core and allowing us to collaborate. And I feel like I'm answering the question that I was about to ask you. Mm-hmm. But I was just about to say um, or ask, like, what has that tangibly looked like in honoring um, like some practical ways. And so um, I think I meant to respond to this. Okay, yes, Jesus. Um, but just to honor you in this is like, even, for example, in class, um, something I've really appreciated with you, Whitney, is the way you cultivate a place to um, to just rest in in his presence and to be honest with yourself and to not feel like you have to put on a mask. You know, um, I, I've been dancing since I was three guys, I'm 26. And there's been so many times when I come into the classroom and I feel like before Jesus really was integrated into my dance where I had to put on that mask. I put that mask on because I was scared if people really knew what, was going on inside if people really knew that I was struggling with this or like I remember going to dance classes weekly like it was I was dedicated I was hardcore going you know full-time school student full-time competitor you know and I know many of you can resonate and Jesus was not a person he wasn't in the atmosphere he was just a building and 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 when so I just am so grateful that um, honor has been reflected back to me through you in so many ways. And I know God will, will reflect that to you when you're, you're in heaven, but you still have work to do here. But it's, um, it's this really cool place of um, knowing that people come into our lives for a reason. And if you're on this podcast and you're like, how could this be possible? Like, how can community be built? Just take this testimony for yourself because last year, guys, I was fresh off of my first year in ministry school praying to God, like, on my knees. I wanted a dance community that loved Jesus. It seemed like the craziest, craziest dream, really, because I was here and I felt alone in my dance pioneering and for the community I was part of and God came through, through the obedience of one, you know, the courage of one woman years ago. And I was coming in fresh off, you know, few years of what you had cultivated. And then to be part of the, the, the epic display of God's presence and glory in, in our show, you and me, us, was just, you know, super, super powerful. And yeah, so thank you for that. You, you, I believe guys, and I wanted you to hear from Whitney because her voice is powerful. What she carries is unique. And I just love how you see, you call out golden people for a reason and you launch people, but I feel like just the father's heart of like, he's launching you to, you know, to deeper places with him. And it's, you will feel the fruit of it. And, and, and I, 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 and I see the tears in your eyes and I'm like, I hope it continues to overwhelm you to the point of like continually coming to the end of oneself. Because as artists, I think we could 
we're very in tune with emotions and our expression and and sometimes it feels like a hot mess but I know for me a hot mess is a good mess in God's eyes he doesn't he's not scared of our mess he's not ashamed he actually welcomes it and so one thing I I want to you know I would love for you to expand on is your revelation in this season of being real with God and I think people need to hear this because it's spoken to me in many ways so go for it oh man yay yeah, and I was crying a little bit while you're saying that. Thanks, Kendall, for your sweet words. <laughs> uh, because it also reminded me of, you used the word mask, and I haven't like used that in a long time, but I remember in college having such an, and this was so, you know, long ago. No, <laughs> precious time has flown. Um, but I remember going, having the revelation, wow, these people, my sweet peers, like these students who, are studying dance, and this is literally, like, they moved across the country for this. This is their life. I remember sometimes feeling so threatened by their um, intensity, their the competitiveness, and the atmosphere in the classroom, right? It's like, um, get out of my way. I am going to show everyone that I'm better than you. And it's like, what are we wasting our time doing? Like, this is this is ice cold in here. And I remember going, wow, they really want, they're, they're angry at me when I, like, I could feel the sort of distance um, um, kind of happen between me and them when I was actually vulnerable and honest mm-hmm. um, or just goofy and, like, mm-hmm. l- lacking the mask. Um, I, re- I remember feeling, oh, wow, uh, they don't like that. Oh, it's because they are wearing a mask and they expect me to snap my fingers, get my stuff together and wear my mask too. Because if we're all wearing masks, then we're in the, you know, we're miserable together. But I was like, I'm not going to be miserable. I'm not going to fake this. I'm going to be Whitney. And I have, I have no time to waste being anybody else. Um, and I just, my heart actually still breaks for people, you know, for that mask wearing culture it's like it's still really out there it's it kind of blows my mind sometimes and I mm-hmm. honestly have to not take for granted what we have here because it's incredible it's like honesty and authenticity is such a gift from the father for our generation and I mm-hmm. truly believe it's um it's worldwide at this point like mm-hmm. Brene Brown Carolyn Leith and Wreck and Shop mm-hmm. it's just what God's doing in mm-hmm. the earth and we need to get on board with authenticity in my opinion I'm gonna get out my sermon over here um because he we, he gets to be most revealed in our authenticity when we're fitting into whatever subconscious preconceived box um mask thingy that we're and we don't even realize we're doing it sometimes that's why we need community to point it out and go hey like are you okay you know like mm-hmm. you don't seem like yourself or whatever it is right mm-hmm. um we are, we are robbing the world of the authentic image of God when we're being anyone else than ourselves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So to answer your question, um, remind me of the question. It was about authenticity in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, to speak on what you were, you were asking earlier on where I create from Mm. and what that partnership with God looks like in the creative process, um, each, each project that I've done that has had really profound impact on people and, or myself and, or the dancers that are doing it has actually come from, you know, the still small voice Mm -hmm. and 
there have been times where I go, I don't know. This feels like a little bit of a whim, but this is all I know that has life on it. That and I want to investigate that. So um, two or three years ago, we did an entire show um, kind of using movement to embody the struggles and pains and breakthroughs and victories of the racial reconciliation movement. And it was because I had mm-hmm. a really brief vision of myself um, inside like a flame with uh, my friend Tanasha at the time, who is someone who's working She's incredible. She's working really hard in pioneering sort of the actual racial reconciliation movement in the church. Like, hey, guys, this is still a thing. It's a topic. Mm -hmm. Let's just get together and talk about it Mm -hmm. because it's a thing Mm -hmm. um, and it's painful and we can actually do a lot better and pioneer the lead the world in this Mm -hmm. um, conversation. So I wanted to I just felt like the Lord was like, that's what I'm doing if you want to join. You know, so we got together with the poets and we created out of that space. And the, the audience was like who knows who was like in that audience was very diverse Mm -hmm. from every cultural background and they were in Mm -hmm. tears. I mean, there was such an electricity in the place. Um, and that was just one little breath of a a vision that I didn't have much about, but I knew, Oh, I want to get around these dialogues and I want to create and I want to investigate this conversation through my art form. Mm -hmm. And I learned intense amounts of things that were Mm -hmm. really life shifting and shaping for me. Um, This year, I created from that place of this invitation from God to uh, investigate the personality, Mm -hmm. which I heard about the Enneagram a while back, but I was like, not another personality test, please. (laughs) Like, we have enough of those, you know? Yeah, Yeah, you can be odd TJ and uh, whatever it is, like all the things, numbers, letters, uh, so (laughs) disc, this, that, yeah. Um, And... uh, it wasn't until I I was literally doing, you know, a still small voice moment. I was um, doing a community service project, cleaning up a garden area. And the team that was working with me, we were all together. They left this area because they thought everything was done. And then I looked over and noticed that there was a really long, thick vine that was very thorny, like thick, you know, rose, think of like mm-hmm. rose thorns, um, huge. And it was just kind of consuming this tree the tree was beautiful and green but it was like hindered um Mm -hmm. by this ugly brown thorny branch thing Mm -hmm. and I was like shoot this still needs to be done okay let's go for it so I get my like gloves on I get as many little tools as I possibly can and I start snipping at this thing and it takes me probably 20 minutes to I'm jumping up and down pulling on it with all of my body weight like ripping this thing out but it takes a while I have to snip it out in little sections and climb up over on this side and jump around I mean I was Mm -hmm. a little monkey so somewhere in that process randomly out of the blue God just goes hey so wit by the way um I'm gonna rip optimism out of your personality wow (laughs) and I'm gonna replace it with real hope And I tell you what, I was not meditating on optimism or thinking about hope. I was just thinking about this branch getting out, you know, simple girl. So (laughs) do the job. And he, he drops that in my, my little world. And I'm like, okay, well, true. I am an optimist. I've definitely defined myself that way. Gladly. Most of my life. Like, I think that's a great thing. So why would you like rip that out of my personality? What? And then, but I also was like, I was excited about the idea of hope because I was like okay that sounds neat it sounds kind of like a fluffy Christian word that I'm 
maybe not as intimately acquainted with as I would like to be. It kind of sounds like vague, like it just belongs on a bumper sticker or a shirt, but like have it, have hope everybody, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so instantly he goes, yeah, optimism is like a pinball. It's content to bounce from thing to thing to thing, making that work. Okay, don't worry about me. I'm a good Christian. I'm over here. I'm going to make this work, make this beautiful. Oh, you know what? That didn't work out. Don't worry about it. We'll go over here and we'll just do our best. Yay. We're grateful, God. Mm -hmm. And so you're bouncing, bouncing, bouncing without realizing that that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, hope is the one thing. It's a target. It's the one thing that you actually really, really want. And it might be more vulnerable in the process of admitting a that you want that that's vulnerable Mm. and b it might be a little more painful because you are you're in the process of waiting as you grow the strength to hit that the center of that target and the accuracy to actually hit it Mm -hmm. that takes longer than it does to bounce from thing to the just just taking what's in front of you and Mm -hmm. dealing with it Mm -hmm. but actually waiting on the thing Mm. and working towards it and I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds interesting. <laughs> I don't really feel like I know what that means, like personally, God. So I'm excited for you to do that. And nothing happened for five months until August, which is right around when I met you. Mm-hmm. And I will say this was one of those years that, thank God, it was actually a dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. He divinely orchestrated. And I wouldn't say that he does this all the time. So don't don't make theology out of this. Mm-hmm. But I do actually believe it's by his grace sometimes that he orchestrates the the mess to rise to the surface because he knows it's not serving you. It's not serving his sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And it's still your operating system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was operating out of optimism. I was dealing with whatever's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And he's the father that says, I actually want, I'm interested in you getting what you actually want, Whitney. Thank you for putting on your happy little Christian smile. But that's not what I was asking. Mm-hmm. I was asking for the authentic, honest Whitney in her vulnerability of what she actually wants. What does she actually want? I'm like, God, I'm so offended that you're actually that good. Mm-hmm. I've been taught to believe that the heart is deceitful and sick above all things. You know, like he's ripping that religion out of my system and going, I am interested in you, Whitney. Mm-hmm. And I have probably put lots of those things in there, right, mm-hmm. that are so divine. So going on the honest journey of um, dealing with disappointment of the things that I spent so much time and energy doing that maybe we're not quite right on target. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they looked good or they were a good occup- uh, occupation at the time, right? They, they noble causes, but were they authentically, truly what I actually want instead of what's good for the greater cause? What if what I want is with God is actually for the greater cause. Mm-hmm. So this journey led me to realize like as I was talking about these things with God and realizing um, you know, that he wants to change and shift my personality. I thought that was such a strange thing for him to say, (laughs) you know, like my personality. No, he loves it. But if it's not, if I'm doing something that's, it's kind of like, um, pruning, you know, if you're putting all of the nourishment, the water and this, you know, all the the nutrients over into this branch, that's really not going to be the most fruitful branch. He's going to prune it. And he wants you to be the most alive, thriving, abundant, you know, um, vine and, and and yeah just abundance is his goal um john 10 10 you know so um basically we i end up reading that like that the enneagram personality thing and was like man i'm a dead seven doesn't get more straightforward than that because they they are like op, they called it uh i think when i read it, it said um what's that phrase optimists um 
eternal optimists or, you know, they like forever will always reframe everything and find the silver lining and they'll never, you know, deal with pain and all of that stuff. And I was like, okay, listening, you know, listening. And then I just felt the invitation to invite the whole company on the journey of finding out kind of inspired by sleeping at last, honestly, the musician Mm -hmm. that studied each personality type through sound, I was like, let's go, let's go do that through movement, like how much fun. Um, And so doing that together as a company has probably been my favorite thing I've ever done with them because we like get each other now so much and we work massively different after really just six month journey of like reading about these things, having a friend come and mentor us who's an Enneagram kind of coach guy and going, wow, that's why you do that. And that's an incredible gift to us. It's not a a weakness or a, you know, a vice. It's actually such a gift that you bring that strength. And I need to step back and honor you in that strength. And same, they would do the same to me. And we would start really um, appreciating each other so much more. And so the show and the content that was created, the movement that was created, I think was incredibly powerful. And I know the audience was like captivated and brought through a journey of personal you know um like hey who am I like whoa I do that whoa that's beautiful whoa that's not helpful whoa that relate that affects my relationship and that's what I love is the presence of God being in a a space where he can talk to you in your own language it doesn't you don't even have to know exactly what's going on on stage but the create creative atmosphere in the opening of like we've created this with God Mm -hmm. now he can do whatever he wants with it Mm -hmm. so it's been really fun to to create a whole show around Mm -hmm. the unique strengths and gifts of and weaknesses or whatever of the human personality Mm -hmm. because we're all meant to be like him we we all share all these beautiful aspects of him so Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing (laughs) I'm like blown away I'm just I'm nodding my head over here because it's just it's an amazing testimony of all that God has been doing in your life behind the scenes. You know, I can tell just by listening, you know, seeing the tears come out of your eyes. Like this, this people comes from a place of sacred intimacy behind the veil where God literally ripped that for us to encounter him, all of it. And I know, and just, in the Enneagram. I had no idea what that was before I came um, to the company. And um, I love what you talk about, you know, the dark night of the soul. Um, Because similarly, I remember, you know, in class where we would consistently, you know, share each other's what we're going through, prayer requests, and just to see you as a leader be like, look, I'm going through a lot right now and just to be so so raw with us as a human being not just like a choreographer or a you know uh, a company director it just opened my eyes to the power even as a fellow director in my own in my own form of authenticity is a weapon for the kingdom of God it's a it's a weapon that um, pierces and offends for a reason because I know for me, I before I came to Reading, there was things I didn't even know about myself that I was numbing or keeping in my body or manifesting in my body. As a dancer, you know, sometimes, a lot of the time, we're sore. We have pain in our bodies. And I'd always equated that to, oh, it's because I'm working really hard in the dance studio. It's not even, it's nothing deeper than that. It's not emotional. It's not spiritual. And um, 
in community in part of one of our classes. I remember coming to you and Whitney, you, you said this and I'll never forget it. You mentioned to me, Kendall, maybe you need to slow down enough to hear your body. I don't know if you remember that, but you did. And because my body was hurting and I was really struggling and about like, why, why is all this stuff coming up? Like this pain that seems like it's been there forever. Um, then I got a, a, a massage with an amazing woman that you um, recommended, Yolando. Um, shout out, girl. You're amazing. Um, but she invited Holy Spirit into a massage. Yes, that is possible. That is very possible. I've had many massage. Well, not many, but um, yeah, a holy massage, you can say. And God um, spoke through this um, this woman and she had mentioned, hey, you have trapped emotions in certain areas of your body. I didn't know if you knew that. And I was struggling at the time with breathing. I had to even go get an inhaler. I had to go to the doctor and they were like, yeah, you need help breathing. And it really upset me. And I, I so that's been my journey these last nine months um, in God flipping my you know plans and not doing second year and being like, why God? And literally going into the dark night of the soul, feeling like, oh, I have to face this. Um, my temple has to face this because, you know, I've been doing the, the, we are a soul, we are a spirit, we're a mind, we're a body. And then, you know, in God's kindness and community where we literally use our bodies as a vessel for God's glory and as a demonstration of himself, that God would slow us down. He slowed me down to actually breathe. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and I'm just so thankful for you just calling that out. And it, like, stopped me in my tracks. And I, I love the overarching, like, um, theme of this talk, which is, is community and what that can do. And it's okay if each other are triggered by one another and our differences and um, to honor those differences. And what does it mean to accept someone if they don't, you know, if they're an eight and you're four and you just don't see eye to eye and or, you know, and... I love that too. Part of the Enneagram model is that um, you don't have to fully, I mean, you're more likely to uh, identify with one, but you can also re resonate with all of them. And the whole, I think he mentioned like the whole, the healthiest version of yourself is all of them, um, encompassing all of them. And I've been challenged in that um, in many ways. Um, so yeah, just to, I was going to ask you a few more questions. The one that comes to mind, um, because you do uh, holy yoga, you pioneer that, you have been in Reading, and meditation practice is super important. I know for me in the last few months, of really slowing down and breathing, what that looks like. Um, what, on a practical level, has, has that looked like for you? And um, just to help our listeners slow down, and especially as an artist where we're, we can be going super fast. Absolutely. Um, goodness. I think um, <laughs> as I think about it, uh, I've just been meditating on the idea of we have a culture of consumption mm. and we're going to actually probably need to swing a little hard on the pendulum and go into a culture of elimination or detoxification. Mm. Right. Like so I had <laughs> confession with Whitney. I spoke with a friend yesterday and was like, man, like, my 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 intimacy with Jesus, my time with Jesus, <clears throat> it was pretty radical before Instagram, you know? And I remember those days where there wasn't a thing to do, to check, to uh, just kind of distract, 
right? So we're living in an intense distraction era. Mm-hmm. And I think that for creatives, our best our best gifts are in the quiet space. Like they are, it doesn't have to be literally quiet. It's in your, it's in your creator space. It's in your mind. It's in your dreaming. Mm-hmm. And we're gifted with that. And I, I think creatives are definitely artists, but um, Holy Spirit is the creator inside of us. So the dreamer, the impossibility maker, like, um, and if we're not quiet enough to turn off all of the voices of every human on Instagram, Facebook, mom, dad, friends, text messages. We live in a fascinating era where there's so much access to our brain space, our mind space Mm -hmm. that has never been before. We don't even know the repercussions yet because we're the first, we're the guinea pigs of this kind of lifestyle. And, but we do know, we do have enough science. When you look at Dr. Caroline Leaf and all of that, uh, we know that, I mean, if you think of the garden of Eden, like, it was quiet. We walked in the cool of the garden with God. And that was his, he was content to be there with us. Like this is a hustle era. Is that really what God's doing? Is God really hustling? I don't know. Um, mm, <laughs> me down. Right. Yeah. 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 In response to that, I think this whole idea of consecration and what it means to be set apart and to to really be okay with unwinding and mm-hmm. and letting the mess come with that and so yeah um yes a hundred percent the mess is I think really where our creative process comes from it, it doesn't have to be you know yes be a mess and then make amazing work mm-hmm. but it's like the honesty People are hungry for honesty. So whoever is your audience, whether you're a visual artist, you are a graphic artist, you are a poet, whatever you're doing, people are interested in like, and I just believe especially what God is talking about with you personally is usually like where there's life on what you make. So you don't have to think too hard. Like, how do I be the most original? Just release your dialogue to the world that you're having with God. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I woke up and I, I love like wearing cool clothes, whatever, but I'm not, I don't consider myself a fashionista. Okay. Mm-hmm. But out of nowhere, God was like, Hey, what? So and as I'm waking up hearing these words, he said, first he said, um, no need to impress, simply express. Yo, that's a snap worthy one right there. Um, But then also he said, fashion is your, is the manifestation of your conversation with me. Mm. I was like, excuse me, why are you talking about fashion right now? But um, just to go back to the simplest way of making, I believe comes out of not striving to achieve um, the expectations or the perceptions and the approval of people outside of you. It's actually just literally being authentic to your conversation with God. What are you working through with him right there? Mm-hmm. And meditation is an amazing space to do that with. And it's healing. Like there are literal waves that we need to kind of reach in the brain where, um, and I love this. I did a, tr- a touch training with holy yoga where we kind of learn deeper ways of uh, dealing with trauma touch stuff mm-hmm. so therapy mm-hmm. and uh, I will never forget the instructor said guys like if we were designed for the garden of eden anything outside of that experience is trauma mm-hmm. and i believe that that 
if Jesus said, John 10, 10, his goal was to come and give us abundant life, um, which looks like not survival. It looks like thriving. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I ask myself all the time, I have to remind myself, is beauty a necessity? Is it necessary? Did he make the world beautiful as a necessity? As a, What is this? Is it a luxury? Mm-hmm. What is the abundant life? Mm-hmm. I know that's all vague questions, but it's just fun to think about. At the end of the day, I'm, a, I'm going 100% beauty is a necessity. And if I'm one of the only people that will take the risk of maybe not making thousands or millions, but I will be an expression of my image of God on earth for the sake of healing people, for the sake of the restoration of the abundant life that we are called to, not survival, not getting by, not like droning through a distracted, heartless, almost purposeless life where we're just going day by day without anything that's connected to our genuine, authentic identity Mm -hmm. and creative identity. We're all completely different. There's no person that's the same, and that's for the glory of God. He is, mm-hmm. like, intensely creative. Mm-hmm. He would never make mm-hmm. a copy. Like, he's he's got way too much mm-hmm. going on inside, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just like, I will spend my life making beauty, and I will spend my life doing my best to not play the hustle game because I want to be authentic to what he's saying to me and not what I'm trying to produce for the sake of everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's going to make the dollars or whatever. I'm going to trust that he's going to add those dollar bills, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. (laughs) I am catching what you're throwing. I receive it. Oh, my goodness. I am in awe. I am in awe and such honor. Whitney, thank you so much for just being you and inspiring me as a fellow artist to continue going after intimacy with Jesus and knowing that we in our own ways are God's idea like I heard that this year and it really hit me like a ton of bricks like guys we are all unique in our own ways there is no replica of of you or or he or she like when you walk into a space where wherever you are coffee shop um you know an audition space traveling, you know, on, on a flight somewhere for your next adventure. Like you are your, you are an expression of God himself and he created you for a purpose. And, oh, just so thankful. Like this reminds me of like why I'm doing this. Just, yeah, seriously. And because these are the conversations I wanted to have when I was an artist, 15, 13, 11, 10, what does it mean? What does it look like? I need to hear the testimony. So in closing, I want to ask you, you already kind of touched on a, a favor or a memorable testimony that comes to mind, but did you have one that you wanted to share um, with everyone? So um, just one of my favorite things about, I guess, this dance company season that we've created and this everything we've walked through my favorite times of the year are when we are out in um just rubbing shoulders with other artists Mm -hmm. because it really reminds me of what has been done in our lives Mm -hmm. um the inner atmosphere that has completely shifted um when you're in sort of a professional or kind of a hustle atmosphere again Mm -hmm. you can feel the the desperate cry like to, to the point where every year I, I cry when we, we we go out and I can feel the pain of not knowing who 
people you are around me in, in like, whether it's uh, we're, you know, at a forum with other college dance students or wherever we are, I, my heart is so, so moved by the vacuum of identity. Um, and mm-hmm. so just being around our dance company, other dancers will kind of just go, who are you guys? What are you, who, why do you, why are you so happy? Like, you know, that typical, like, are, what's different about you question. Mm-hmm. It's real though. Cause there's life. There's so much security in who we are. We have something to give. We're not competing. So, um, we actually authentically compliment people. We actually see the gold in them and they're, that's so foreign in the professional sphere. It's mm-hmm. so foreign. Um, to legitimately mean it. And it's not for getting something in return. It's because you want that person to see what they're made of and how great they are. So when we see dancers outside of our own company and we are working with them or whatever, I just every year am always, I'm so blown away by how much the natural overflow of our community as people who love each other authentically and are just comfortable in their own skin, confident in their own abilities, how much that is um, an invitation to the world around us mm-hmm. for uh, Jesus, like a life with him, mm-hmm. like really. Um, and even just giving them simple words of knowledge, like, hey, I see that you're, you know, somebody in your jazz dance class, but and, and you just sense that, yeah, that they had a, a really traumatic semester or something and God's just like, hey, I just want them to know the next semester is going to be much better or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, how do you know that type of stuff? Just being being sensitive to this still small voice and it doesn't have to look like wham, bam, huge. It's like he's a friend. He's an invitation. He's a gentleman. He's he's like moving in this way that's I want to love on them um, unconditionally, so freely, without anything in return. He really does that. Um, so we get to be who we are and they get to, you know, answer the invitation, um, if they want it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's some of my favorite things watching the, the overflow of, you know, that verse that just says, they'll know you by your love for one another. Mm -hmm. That's over and over again, become the truth of our community. So I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so honored you had me on your podcast, Kendall. This also reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. amen. Thanks, girl. Oh, I just reminded too of balance and thinking about these this these coming episodes, including this one. The theme that keeps coming to mind is Jesus is balance. He creates that place for us as believers to to rest and to breathe and to relax into what God essentially is doing on the earth. And so I just Wanted to throw that in. Um, so, if I were to look at your phone or not, open and go to your Spotify playlist, what song do you have that's speaking to your current season? <laughs> As she goes and opens up her Spotify playlist, dun dun dun. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna give you the honest answer. Are you ready? Um. <laughs> I'm loving Sean Mendez Lost in Japan right now. I know. It's the one we did our our combination to. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just going to, you know, it's just the romance right now. For, for, for me right now, I need adventure. Mm-hmm. I need to just get swept away. Um that's just where we're at. So I'm just letting Jesus sing that to me, you know what I'm saying? Uh sweep me up, Lord. Um you can enjoy that. Lost in Japan remix by Sean Mendez. Mhm.
Yeah, girl, we got down to your combination. <laughs> I can save another one. If you can give me another. And we got another song for you. Oh, so good. So also, okay, if we're going to go serious, um, Amanda Cook's new album is intensely wonderful. And she is, if we're going to talk about authenticity, she um, really accomplished that on this album. So The Clearing is the name of the song that Jesus is speaking to me a lot through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go check that one out. So good. Her music video, by the way, for, I don't remember the song, Awakening. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, highly recommend to go look at that music video. So last question. As a sacred artist, Whitney, if you can share your hope and declaration over the worldwide creative community through prayer, whatever you feel the Lord on, and that will close it off. Okay, so if you're an artist listening today, um, I just bless you to know that you are a son and or a daughter. You are already included and you are already informed and equipped um, with what you need for your creative process um, and for your authentic fingerprint on this planet. If you need resources and you feel clueless, do not do this thing alone. Know that your value and your worth is the reason that you you are not a burden to go ask for help. Um, go poke people, bug people, ask all of the questions. You are not a burden. You are a privilege. You are a blessing everywhere that you go. And what you have to say is important. And what you have to make is beautiful. And we need it. So don't hesitate. Any moment you get, I call it the bubbles of courage. When they rise up, those courage bubbles, grab them. Jump off the cliff. Go and seek out what you need with no shame and no embarrassment in the, the growth journey. Grab grab the people that you feel, hey, they're experts um, or they're a little further along in their journey than me and I can at least glean something from them because that's what a family does. Um, so you are in the family and we need you to come bring your expression um, to this planet and I bless you to do that in Jesus' name. Well, there you have it, folks. That was my conversation with the incredible Whitney Hancock. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did as we just went after the real raw truth of what it means to embody community and entrepreneurship as sacred artists. And so if you enjoyed this, please leave us a review at Apple Podcast and feel free to share with your friends and your family. And also head over to the sacredartistpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter, follow along with show notes, and also stay connected with Whitney as she is enjoying herself in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So thanks again, guys, for joining us and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.